Lord, open my lips that my mouth may proclaim your praise. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. So do something a little bit different today. If you could pull out your scripture insert in the bulletin, because we're going to do a bit of a jaunt through most of the readings in there. And uh, it's just going to be a little bit easier, I think, to follow along. So we're going to begin in the Exodus passage. If you uh, remember, what's been happening is, is that God has brought them miraculously out of slavery in Egypt through the Red Sea waters and has taken them to the very edge of the promised land. They've sent spies into the promised land. The spies have come back, um, one spy for each of the 12 tribes of Israel, and the spies have come back, and only two of them, they've all said it's a land full of plenty and, and, and milk and honey, but only two of them, Caleb and Joshua, the ones who have actually said, yes, there are like giant like people there, but God is bigger than them, and God will be able to bring us in if this is God's plan. And the other ten said, no, 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 we're too frightened, they'll overcome us. And so because they believed the ten rather than the two, they're in this wilderness wandering for 40 years. And they're starting to complain again. Meanwhile, they've been brought through the Red Sea waters. Uh, God's provided for them. But now they're saying, you know, it would have been better if we died in slavery than, you know, die of hunger here. And so they're complaining about not having enough food. They are not trusting in God for their provision. They have not trusted that the God who has brought them out miraculously can provide for their day-to-day-to-day needs. And so they're complaining to Moses. And so the Lord says to Moses, I am going to rain bread from heaven for you, and each day the people shall go out and gather enough for that day. In that way, I will test them. Let's just see if they can trust me for one day at a time, one day after another. Don't gather enough up to hoard for yourself. Just get enough for the one day. And of course, some of them, what did they do? They tried to hoard it for themselves and it all went really bad and smelt really bad. So one day at a time, he rained down manna from heaven, bread from heaven. And so he tells them exactly what they're supposed to do. He says, at twilight, you shall eat meat. And in the morning, you shall have your fill of bread. And this is why. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. If you didn't trust me, coming through the Red Sea, trust me for your provision every single day. And in the evening, the quails came down, and in the morning, the ground was covered with this dew, with this substance that they didn't know what it was, and they said to Moses, what is it? And he's saying, it's the bread that God sent. It's the bread of heaven. And make it into your bread. What is it? He says, it's the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. 
Well, we've been studying Daniel in our Christian formation time and in all of those prophets' works, we know that there is a word of prophecy for the day and then there's a deeper meaning and sometimes an even deeper meaning too. So keep this story in your mind. You might have heard that we were uh, looking at that again in the, in the gospel. So let's turn over to the gospel. God has given the Israelites manna, bread to eat, his own bread from heaven. And so in John's gospel, remember last week, he had fed the 5,000 with only two loaves and a few fish. And there's enough with 12 baskets left over. He has provided for their physical needs. And the disciples had set out on a boat. Jesus had stayed behind to pray. And the people can't find him after they've had their fill of this physical food. And so they get into boats and go looking for him. Meanwhile, he's walked on the water, caught up with the disciples' boat. And all of a sudden, they're on the other side. They're in Capernaum. And so the people come and they're going, when did you get here? Like, how did you do that? And he doesn't answer that. He says, very truly, I tell you, you're looking for me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. What does he mean, you didn't see the signs? Well, again, in Daniel, we've been seeing that there's been a prophecy about the anointed one coming and it's right around this time. They've gone back and they've looked at the signs and the times in Daniel and in other prophets in there and they've come to the conclusion, many of them, that right now is when God is going to act. Of course, they're thinking he's going to act and he's going to send a Messiah like David with a sword and put uh, Rome under the boot of Israel. But it's now. Jesus is saying, you, but you be not because you saw signs. They didn't see the signs. See, the sign was the same as what God did for them in the wilderness. He gave them food. Jesus gave them food. They ran out of food and he changed a small amount into huge provision. And instead of seeing with the eyes that this is a sign, this is pointing to the fact that the anointed one is amongst us and he is Jesus and he is God incarnate, they're just thinking about the physical food that they're eating, the sustenance for their physical bodies. And he says, don't work for the food that perishes but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God's seal is on him. And so, again, they're thinking, don't we all do this? What should we be doing? What should we do to get something? What should we be doing to get something from God or to please God or to whatever? What should we do? And so they say the same thing. What should we do to perform the works of God? You know, the Ten Commandments and then all of the other laws and like over 300 of them. Which of those are we supposed to be performing? Jesus says, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. It's not a doing. It's a believing. It's a trusting. 
It's a resting. It's in the knowledge that day after day there is provision from the God who is sovereign. Believe in him whom he has sent. And they said to him, well, what sign are you going to do? Now, here's the irony. He's given them the sign by multiplying the loaves and the fish. That's the sign. It's the same sign in a different layer than what God did for them in the wilderness. He gave them manna to eat. Jesus has multiplied it. There's already the sign there. But they haven't seen the sign. They haven't recognized him. So now they're asking him for another sign. And irony upon irony, the sign that they go back to is the, is the feeding in the wilderness by the manna. And Jesus is, I mean, can you imagine he's scratching his head? I, I just did this huge sign. I, this, this is a huge sign that, that I am he, I'm, I'm here. I'm multiplying, I'm giving you all the provision you need. And so they say, um, our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. And Jesus says to them, very truly, I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but it is. See, it wasn't Moses, but it is right now, present tense. It is my Father who gives you the bread from heaven, the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So they're going, okay, where do we find it? Can we have that kind of bread? Still not got it. We've got one sign. I am the bread of life, he says. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. One bread, one body. We have nourishment enough day by day by day. But the work is belief. We are called to believe. To believe and to trust that Jesus is the anointed one who was foretold by the prophets. To believe that he has indeed come into the world and by his cross he has become bread broken for us and given to us for our very life. The administration of the Holy Communion, the body of Christ, the bread of heaven the bread that came down from heaven to give life to the world but it is belief that opens up the fullness of that sustenance for us turn if you will to Ephesians Paul prisoner in the Lord beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you've been called what is the calling to which we have been called it's belief Belief is the calling to which we have been called to believe in Christ, to believe in the good news of Jesus Christ, to believe that he has come into the world to feed us with himself. 
We're to lead lives worthy of that belief and that trust. We are to lead lives worthy of that calling with what? With all humility, with all gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. You'll notice humility, gentleness, patience, love, Uh, What does that remind us of? The fruit of the Spirit in Galatians. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, gentleness, goodness, self-control, faithfulness. Those are all fruit of the Spirit when we're living lives worthy of the calling to which we have been called to believe in the one who has come to save the world. To make every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. It takes effort. It is who we are, not because of any human constructs of agreements that can be made amongst churches for unity. Those are human constructs. There is a unity within the body and it doesn't come from us. It comes from God. But we've got to make an effort. You've heard it said maybe that it takes 21 days to start to break a habit or to make a new one. It takes three times 21 days for that to be so settled in that it's second nature. It takes effort to maintain the unity in the bond of peace. But again, it doesn't come from us. We've got to coordinate with the Holy Spirit who dwells in us for... There is one body. There is one spirit. There is one hope of our calling. There is one Lord. There is one faith. There is one baptism. There is one God. There is one food for the body. That's one. See how many times that Paul mentions one. We are united because God is one in trinity of persons because the Holy Spirit, when Jesus ascended on high, he sent his Holy Spirit to us to dwell in us. It's not that Michael has a piece of the Holy Spirit and that Curtis has a piece of the Holy Spirit and that Deborah has a piece of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not divided. The Holy Spirit is one and yet dwells in each one and every one of us. And that's what unites us into the one body. That doesn't mean that we're uniform. We're diverse. Just look around. It's wonderful to have that diversity. But we're one. We're one because God is one. There is a deeper reality here in our unity. Because God dwells in us. He feeds us with himself. We are the body of Christ. Not just us here or as we meet over in the chapel, wherever we meet as the community of Christians here. All of the Christians in Orlando, all of the Christians in Florida, in the United States, in Africa, in Australia, in New Zealand, in England, we are one. We're one body. Because Christ is the head. There is one body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, 
one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. So we are truly, we are truly knit together. Doesn't matter what our background is, doesn't matter what our age is, doesn't matter what our race is, doesn't matter what our socioeconomic background is. There is great diversity in the body, but there is one body of which Jesus is the head and we are his body. And there is one food that sustains us and it comes from Jesus' own body himself. And it is that which gives life to the world. We are to grow up, says Paul. We're to grow up into him. We're not just to kind of passively, okay, I'm saved, I'm good, I'm fine, let me come every Sunday. We're to grow up into the fullness of Christ, into the full maturity of Christ. Don't be like little children, he says, who are blown about by every wind of doctrine, by people's trickery, by their craftiness and deceitful scheming, but speak the truth in love. We must grow up every way into him who is the head, into Christ from whom the whole body joined and knit together by every ligament with which it is equipped as each part working properly promotes the body's growth in building itself up in what? In love. Each part working properly because he says Jesus gave gifts through the Spirit. Now the ones mentioned here are all gifts to do with speaking the truth in love because they're apostles, they're evangelists, they're teachers, they're pastors, um, apostles. All of them speaking the truth so that we're not banded around on waves, not knowing the true faith, not knowing the truth of the word of God. Those are really necessary. It's really necessary for us to take the effort to grow into the full maturity of Christ. And how do we do that except knowing him through his word? We only know it. We make the effort by spending time together in his word. I'm, I'm just, I am so excited. I'm beside myself because out of our confirmation class has grown up this desire for a, a women's Bible study and a men's Bible study. And thanks be to God for Krista and Deborah and for Curtis and Rick who are going to be leading the men's group and the women's group. It's going to start on August the 25th. They're going to meet at the same time. There's going to be child care. We've still got the, uh, the fellowship under the word going on at the Lassiter's house. Please take advantage of it. Let's grow up into maturity, into the fullness of Christ. Because there is nothing that hurts the Christian message and Christ more than disunity. Now, thankfully, we, we're here, we, we, we're united. But we've got to work at it. We've got to work at the work of reconciliation if anything happens in the body. We've got to be aware of the wiles of the enemy. 
Nothing destroys the gospel message more than seeing the church at war within itself. We have to work at that. And we do that by maturing into Christ. By knowing deep within ourselves that through the one baptism, through the one calling that we have received, in the one Lord, with the one Spirit, with the one faith, the one hope, the one body, the one food, that we are the body of Christ. And as such, that we can go out united in the bonds of peace into a world that is broken and doesn't need to see war, but needs to see the reconciling message of love and peace that is the message of the one who gave himself as bread and life for the world. Amen.